Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Risk Chiefs Radio Podcast, a podcast dedicated to horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. As you guys know, I'm Schmidt. I finally have somewhat of my voice back, and I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You love him. Mr. Bro Dinky. Bro, what's going on, my friend? What's up? What's up? Glad to hear you are fully recovered after the past couple of weeks. I know it's been a rough, <laughs> a rough time on the larynx there. A little bit, a little bit, but I, you know, again, you know, we're take suffering it, through it for you. Take guys. it in stride, eh? Yeah, you got to, you got yeah, to. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a little beat myself. I just got back from uh, a little overnight trip to Atlantic City. Did a little gambling and such. Had a little fun. Didn't okay. lose the house, so that's good. That's right? yeah, Can't that is on that. That is good. That is good. Right. And it's not so bad. You got a comp room and everything. You eat for free mostly. So, well, I guess if you know the right people, right? Or if you just have, you have experience. I mean, you know, you come with Brodinky, you tear some shit up, and then <laughs> you get free stuff. I like it. I like it. Hey, <laughs> yeah. well, I might just have to take you up on uh, and go into the AC and, and yeah. seeing uh, what trouble we can get into. Definitely. And uh, it's always a good time down there because it's always interesting watch spotting in casinos because you have such a mixed blend of people. Yeah. So you see a lot of the pretty standard stuff, date justs and things, smart watches, fashion, blingy, cool? blingy fashion watches. Nothing spectacular. Um, okay. It's just fun to see. I saw a guy with what I assume was a fake bust down full gold date, date, uh, date just. Ah, uh, okay. Right. It had heavy, like that heavy diamond bezel. I was like, no way this dude who's sitting next to me affords this. Like, you should be playing in high uh, roller. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either that or it's like... Or you're slumming it. <laughs> yeah. But I saw a guy wearing a shirt that was probably pretty appropriate to the situation. It said something along the lines of, like, broke is loud, wealth is quiet, there was one more saying on there. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, that's exactly what this guy is. <laughs> it's probably a fake. He's those Gucci sandals are probably knockoff. Yeah. He was yeah, like yeah. a young bro. I'm like, ah. I was like, I don't know. Maybe you're like a Bitcoin millionaire or something, but you, you know, didn't, didn't fit <clears throat> the, the bill. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's hard to tell these days, man, because there are, there are Dogecoin millionaires out there and it's just like, more power to them, but most of the time when you see stuff like that, you know it's out of the element. As I say, it's a little fugazi. Yeah, had a good time there, though. Uh, anything anything new with you? No, man. Uh, just continuing with work stuff, getting ready to take a little work trip here. Not too, uh, not too distant future, so Schmitty will be on a little hiatus for a while, but uh, we'll be coming back at it and bringing you guys some more episodes. Speaking of episodes, uh, I'm sure people saw that the Nevada Chronomaster and Chrono King got a little love for Tello and Hodinkee. It's been everywhere. It's everywhere. It's a cool watch. I mean, I can't blame them. I mean, there's a lot to love. I mean, there certainly is. But everywhere, within hours of our posts, it's kind of interesting. I like it. I like it. Hey, you know what? That's what we're here for. We're here to bring you guys the bleeding edge information for the watch industry. Maybe we have more listeners than we realize. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Danny. Looking at you, Danny Milton. Ruh, ruh. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so on that note, my friend, uh, why don't you let the listeners know kind of what we're, what we're working on today? So today, I, the topic I want to – I'm going to call the topic for today – funky watches because the, okay. the working title makes it sound a lot worse than it is the working title is ugly watches but by ugly not the traditional sense of ugly like this thing is hideous i hate it it's more like watches that bring the funk right like a, yeah. a nice way of saying they have their own ugliness about them but in a great way sure right? something about the loudness and the uniqueness there's certain attributes to make them stand out make them interesting and even if they're kind of awkward or gargantuan or something they have these redeeming qualities that i guess we just describe as funky yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's what i went with was funky watches as opposed to ugly or ugly pretty like 
there's this uh, David Chang, famous chef. He has a, actually has a, I think it's on Netflix. It's called Ugly Delicious, and he basically just covers all food that looks terrible, but is awesome. But tastes amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of like what I thought of when I was trying to think of like a, a good name for this. But yeah, that was sort of like a little inspiration there. And uh, I like it. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. I don't, I don't think often enough, you know, the, the, the redheaded stepchilds, if you will, of the watch industry get any love. You know, like it's, there's some pieces out there that are just funky and weird. And I think a lot of people may be a little bit too scared to add them to the collection or they're just not talked about. And so they're kind of, you know, they fall by the wayside a little bit and they're not at the forefront of everyone's mind, especially for us. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. We pride ourselves on really talking about stuff that is not always going to be common, especially for listeners that are just getting into this hobby. We want to, we want to expose you guys to a lot of different stuff. And uh, I think, I'm sure probably your list and my list combined um, will probably have some nice, unique stuff to talk about today. I'm curious to know if we have any overlap. I feel like we maybe have one that is probably on both our lists. That <laughs> I I'm mean, gonna, I'm going to save to last because I'm going to see if you have it, but sure. Maybe two. I'll say maybe two. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, without further ado, do you want to do you want to lead us off? Sure. We each have a little list of watches here that we think bring the funk, right? Yes. I'm going to start with a little microbrand watch that I've always really liked. And then they dropped this version in one of the most intense color schemes I've ever seen. It is the Autodromo Group B in Corsica Blue. My buddy who's listening to this podcast right now is probably fist pumping the air because he owns this watch. And it was like a watch that he was like heavily debating wanting to get when they first dropped and then they sold out and it just like went forever for him to get it back. And like once they came into stock, dude, he just pulled the trigger. It This watch is insanely cool in person. Yeah, I had the same kind of debate. It's I've, I always liked these watches and the sort of automotive motif behind them they're in a great size the bracelets are really nice i had the pleasure of trying them on at wind up <laughs> it actually the one they had was uh it, it was a dummy watch and my friend picked it up and the crown fell out <laughs> and he looked at the girl he's like so do i just do i give you my credit card like i do i is this mine now and she's like no 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 movement <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> it was funny <laughs> That, but, but that would be a nerve-wracking that would be a nerve-wracking time. I mean, it was I, pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've always really just liked the look of these. It has kind of the speedometer, yeah, handset, and the dial is very plain. It's very classy. And then they drop this in this, it's like a highlighter blue. This is way before the pastel blue phase was even a thing. No, yeah, exactly. And this, then they accent it with highlighter pink it this screams like miami and maybe risky's radio <laughs> i you know i'm i've just come to the realization that this is kind of this is a little bit of the podcast colors i'm not gonna lie i'm liking it how did i not notice this okay if, we might have to reevaluate which watch we're if there was a pvd like, version but... of it that would be it because then you'd have the black case all right, we're going to have to talk to our buddies at Autodromo. <laughs> I think I need, I think we need a one of one or a one of two piece Get on production that. run of a of a Group B uh, in a PVD case. That would be kind of kind of everything. Yeah, uh, but I, I give them I a ton of credit watch. for this. Uh, yeah, I give them a ton of credit for this design. It's um, original. It's completely original. And in talking with a bunch of micro brand industry people, let's just call them. They were we were discussing different watches and they were like you know they can charge whatever they want because they're the only people doing that like yeah because we were kind of talking about whether you know the pricing and some people said well i thought it was high some people said i didn't mind it they said well they can charge whatever they want because they are the only ones in that game and i agree it's it's a sick watch if you're into like the whole automotive look and you know you want to cruise around in your classic car with your leather jacket on this is your watch yeah, but it's not a leather jacket. 
It's like a white linen jacket because we're cruising around Miami. <laughs> All right. All right? Depends, let's, depends let's where you are. Auto Drummer sounds very Italian to me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. This, this is just straight up like old school Miami Vice. Like that is what it's like the 80s threw up. And that's what I love about this watch. This watch is sick. And, and I'm, so, I'm so fortunate I've had the opportunity to actually see this model in person. It's even better in real life than it is in photos. It really is. And I remember my buddy pestering me about this watch because he saw it. And he's not a huge watch guy. He has a few watches. He's got an SKX. He's got a Tissot. But when this watch dropped, he's like, I don't care. I will own it. Like, that was kind of like what it was for him. And as soon as he had the opportunity, they came back in stock. And I think he bought it from our friends at Warren and Wound through their shop. And, uh, and he, he loves a watch. He was blown away by everything. So, yeah, this is, this is a home run. I, I'm kind of mad that I didn't think about this one myself. It just hit me now, I'm going to be honest with you. Because <laughs> this watch is amazing. The, the color scheme, at least. Oh, man. This watch is kind of amazing. I love it, man. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. Uh, well, speaking of funky watches, I was thinking about a watch that we had talked about a little bit briefly last episode, and I think I, I changed it for, for another option. But uh, one of the ones that I wanted to, to, to kind of bring up, especially because I feel like now we're starting to see the tides turning a little bit with more people being okay with getting into digital and getting back into like quartz watches i think we're starting to see this a little bit of a resurgence come back and for me one of the watches that it's been out for a few years now that really kind of took me aback uh when i first saw it drop was the reissue of the bull of a computron i don't know if you remember this watch (laughs) i almost thought you were taking one of mine keep going (laughs) so uh um so when this watch came out on social media, and I think it was heavily promoted by, by uh, influencers at the time, it just, it was so 70s to me. And it just looks so good. They used the vintage logoing. They used this old school, like, ribbed bracelet slash case design. It looks like a computer, hence the name. And I just, I loved everything about it. And I was like, this is a watch that I could honestly see myself owning just purely for the fact that it is a funky timepiece. It is a weird-looking watch. And it's kind of interesting because Gerard Perregaux just came out with a watch very similar to this. I saw that. Like this past week or last week. And I don't know if it was in in precious metal or if it was like a uh, gold-plated case, but it was some type of gold tone, and it had a digital readout, but it was something that Gerard Perregaux did back in the 70s like a lot of brands did, because this type of quartz technology with the digital readout screen was really in vogue at that time because it was, you know, the futuristic age, everything was trying to be cutting edge and uh, and everyone was looking for that kind of computer integrated look. And yeah. this watch is certainly of that time. I think out of all the models, I think there's three versions. There's a gold kind of plated version. There's a blacked out version. My personal favorite is this, the regular steel with like this glaciery blue, the blue, yeah. I was just looking at that on the screen. It's, it's, it's very good looking. Um, from what I remember, these aren't really that expensive. I think a couple hundred dollars. I think it was like two or three hundred dollars for this watch. And so it's one of those watches, like it. It's one that you just buy on a whim because it's just, it's just cool. And and who wouldn't want to add this to the collection? So, uh, for me, this is a this is a funky watch that I want to see get some more love. Yeah, that's yeah, it's it's very cool. And you see even that coming back with the Hamiltons, there's GP, you're seeing sort of this digital readout look coming back in these nicer looking watches. So you're not getting them in a resin G-Shock anymore. You know, you're getting yeah, yeah. something that looks like a timepiece that's going to be fashionable, you know, if you wear it with something nicer as opposed to, you know, don't get me wrong, a G-Shock's fine. You can wear that with most things, but this is just a little bit of a step up in the digital watch game. And it just it just looks different. And that's that's what I love about it. I mean, I, even amongst the watches that kind of fit that category. Yeah. The finishing of this one is a little bit different. The bracelet and the case, it just has a much more kind of almost industrial look to it that I don't find 
on the other models. And for me, I just, I think it's, it's decidedly different. And, you know, when Boulevard dropped this a couple of years back, I remember everyone was just kind of like, holy crap, like, where did this watch come from? And uh, I think after that, you know, after the hype died off a little bit, it's gone a little bit, you know, by the wayside. And so for me, I think it would be kind of cool to see a resurgence and, and for see it, it come back into vogue. I also like that you can tell the time basically from the side. So yeah. it's it's a real just a quick glance or when you're driving, it's right there. You don't really have to flick the wrist. You can just Yeah, exactly. It's like on the same plane. Like you're literally yeah. looking at at the at the dial. Um, which is super cool. All right. I will see your Bulova and I will raise you a Bulova. I am talking the Bulova Chronograph A. You might also know it as the surfboard. <laughs> now, this oh. is an interesting watch because it's a chronograph by register. And the only way I could describe the dial of this watch is it looks like a ninja mask. Yeah. It looks like a head with the two eyes peeking out of the little ninja mask. That's the only way I can describe it. But people call it yeah. the surfboard. And it's got... Uh, bicolor bezel on it you can either get it i've seen a coke i've seen a pepsi but it's just a cool little watch comes on a tropic you can get other straps too but there's just a lot to like it. retro styling really cool hands and markers yeah it's a good looking watch man it is and it's 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 got that i i guess it's a 70s look to it but it's there's something about it something about that's that little surfboard and the two eyes looking right at you and the the uh, it's got like neon accents to it, like the a neon yeah. orange chrono seconds, and the tips of the hour and minute hand are also sort of lined with that. Yeah, there's just when, a lot to like. It, it's a cool watch, and it's it's solely of the late '60s, early '70s. Yeah, and it's funny when this watch. I mean, this is obviously an original watch that Boulevard brought back. When I first saw this watch reissued, like all I could think about was the Jetsons. Like it just it has this kind of like futuristic y like Jetsons vibe to me. Yeah, I get that. That I just think thing looks cool. And I and I think you said it I say I think you said it perfectly right. It has kind of like a ninja mask feel to it. That's Especially when you look at like the navy dial, like the <laughs> yes. dark dial with kind of the white. It's not so much on like the the panda dial with the white with the black. Right. But uh it, it's it's good looking, man. The surfboard is cool. And it's funny that you I the reason I laugh when you said this is I um, I was literally between coin flip between the stars and stripes that we talked about on last week's yep. episode yep. of a chronograph stars and stripes. We couldn't remember the name, but it was the Boulevard stars and stripes, which looks like firecrackers and, and the surfboard. And I was like, you know what? Bro's probably going to pick one of these. So <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me go with something different. And that's when I chose the coffee truck. Cause I was just like, this is going to be a little bit extra different. You're so alike more than more than we realized. That's funny. It is. Good choice, dude. Good thank choice. You, thank you. I like that watch. Okay. Hopefully this one that I'm going to pick is a little bit out of left field for most people. And you may have to do a Google search if you're not familiar with this watch. Um, so this is from a watch manufacturing company that was based in France. They were really, really, really prolific in the late 60s, early 70s. And... I'm not sure how to exactly pronounce this brand, but I don't know if it's L-I-P or Leap. Um, oh, but this is going to be good. Specifically, the Lip Mach 2000 chronograph and the one that they call the Dark Master. Oh, yeah. This watch is just nuts. I, I remember the first time I came across this watch on social media, and I was just like, where is this watch? Where like from what time period and how do I get one? And back then, this is many, many, many years ago. Back then, they they just didn't exist because the company had kind of gone defunct a little bit and then they kind of came back. Uh, and, and now you can purchase these, albeit they are quartz model versions that kind of stylistically look like the originals. But the originals were manual wine chronographs. Like these were original kind of like a 70s futuristic racing chronograph and in kind of the same vein of what we talked about last week this is one of those watches that just like tried to predict the future of yep. style 
and it just like missed the mark because it like as style grew up around it like you look at this you're like this this isn't anything what what would have been considered futuristic now like it just it looks so out of place but that's why i love this watch so much um <clears throat> for those of you who are not familiar with this with this model it has an extremely asymmetrical case so the right side of the case is basically a blunt end the left side of the case is basically like a u-shape it's it, it curves around in, in like a circular format but you make almost like a sideways u type case you have it on a rubber strap then you have an off-centered chronograph dial it's a two sub dial chronograph with a with a, a date and then you have a crown and pushers on the right side of the case where each one of them is like a a, a sphere like a ball it looks like a gobstopper and, yeah it, it's 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 so weird and each one is a different color so the start button is yellow the chronograph or the the crown itself is like a turquoise blue and then the reset pusher is red so it's like a very weird mix of primary colors alongside the actual watch which is mostly black especially for the model they call the dark master hence the name right it's just a weird watch i've always been fascinated with it um vintage models hit around anywhere between like the mid twos to to high uh threes i've seen and they fluctuate especially because this model was at one point pretty desirable um but uh, you can buy the the quartz uh, chronograph version for probably seven eight hundred dollars US. So uh, really cool watch from a pretty less lesser known brand, at least in the United States, I'd say, um, by Leap or Lip. Are you familiar with this watch? I am. I've seen this a lot of times, and I definitely took a hard look at these when they got reissued. And there's a few different configurations of i think there's one that's not a chronograph even i think there's a time only yeah yeah there is these are definitely super interesting these almost remind me of do you remember when seiko reissued those the jaro yes yes i knew you were gonna say that being a seiko guy but yes they they well, have are you a talking very... about are you talking about the 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 diver or are you talking about a different watch I was talking about the uh, uh, one from a yeah the, 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 the one from aliens. Well, now I might as well bust into that one because that's next on my list. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yes. Oh uh, my god! Why so, do we do this to ourselves? Also known as the Ripley. Yes, the Ripley. Seiko that's the one. Giugiaro, which is apparently designed by an Italian designer. Uh, it's a chronograph that is very peculiar, to say the least. Yes. It was featured in the movie Aliens, worn by the protagonist Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver, in case you do not know. So this super interesting chronograph has basically a... Uh, what would you even call this? This this chronograph actuator situation. I, I don't know, because it's weird, because like the buttons are like sideways from how they should be. You know? I don't even know how you would go about operating this, but so it's got, what is it, two crowns on the left? I think the original had them on the right side. I think the reissue, they played around with the design a little bit. Okay. But either way, it's got this yeah. really <clears throat> huge chronograph actuator on the right side, and there's a button on top and bottom, not so you don't press it into the case. You press it horizontally, down or up. you press down or up. Yeah. And it's a three register chrono and it almost has a really cool sort of like a step dial to it yeah and it's mostly black and you can get them either uh in black completely or a silver color and it's got these sort of different hues of orange accents between the hands and the markers and things but this was another example of sort of predict predicting the future obviously because right the movie alien was set way in the future but I think this is actually doing a pretty good job of it because it's not over the top in any way. I mean, in, in form, absolutely. But in yeah. aesthetics, I don't think this would be too far-fetched. Like if you said somebody was going to be traveling in space, you'd be like, yeah, totally, I can see this. 
Well, I mean, this this is just straight 80s. Like yeah, when I look at this, this like if I saw this in the Corsica Blue Autodromo in the watch case, I think it'd be like straight in the mid 1980s. Like that's that's what I see. And this watch is so expensive. And it wasn't when it was released. Yep. It just got super popular. Everyone covered it and it just exploded. Like I'm looking at an old listing here for like $1,300 for this watch. And I think that they've only gone up since then. Well, they have that cult following. So, you know, it yes. watches that, that watches. That's a lot. That's well. And you, and you have both because you have the alien fans, right? That are like collectors. And then you have watch fans. And this is just like, it, it gets, it gets a little crazy. Yeah, it certainly but does. It's but such the, a cool watch. These watches with lore behind them, this is a, you know, it's a big deal for a lot of collectors, but I think Seiko heads, people who are big fans of Alien and just people who are fans of the obscure timepiece, this is like right up your alley. Have you ever seen this watch in person? No. I haven't either. This is probably like an elite meetup watch. Yeah. This is one of those watches that like when somebody like once we finally get back to like really solid in-person meetups again, I would hope that someone would bring something like this. Like screw your 5711. Like I want to see that. <laughs> like, yeah, give me the Dijaro. Like that's what I want to see. That's just it's such a cool, cool watch. And I guess they made like a there's like a did you see the white and black dial? Yes. Okay, because there's like, because uh, like I, I knew that they made like the orange and yellow accented version in the black orange stainless, but I guess that there was like a white and black dialed version in black orange stainless, almost like a panda kind of look. Yeah. But man, this looks cool. Bro, we need to find some of these watches. I would love to. Anybody want to send me their GGR? Or feel, feel free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it, it has kind of like that speedometer look to too. Yeah. On the second hand. Man, that's cool. I like it. I'm here for it. We think we think way too similarly. I cannot believe that that's on your list, but I'm not surprised. Mm. How, why would I be surprised that would be on your list? The sad part is the two that I thought you might have are still on my list. <laughs> well, I have I have two. Well, there is one on my list that's in the top that I was going to say for the, for the last one, I guarantee it's probably the same one. Okay. Um, but the next watch that I have isn't necessarily an ugly watch, more so a funky one. Uh, but it's just something like there's something about this colorway that I just love. And I was so excited to see them be released. This was a few years ago at this point and everyone loved them when they first came out. And then I kind of got wind through the industry that like nobody bought them, which is very interesting. But this is one of the uh, uh, the Breitling plane editions from a few years ago, specifically the model that they did for Pan Am. This is a uh, red, white and blue Navitimer in 43 millimeters, and they call it the Pan Am edition. And basically at this time, Breitling had released a trio of watches for, I think, TWA pan am and i think swiss air it was a celebration of kind of 70s chronographs specifically things that the pilots would have worn um and this particular one is just literally like the fourth of july threw up and this is partly the reason why i didn't put the stars and stripes on my list yeah is because i'd rather have this one here because this watch i think is really really cool it's Classic Navitimer, 43 mil, but I love the use of the primary colors here, the red, white, and, and, and blue. And uh, it just, it, it's, it's awesome. It's so 70s. It markers 70s. Are, yeah, the markers are different. The, the, um, the, the hands themselves are kind of like a rectangle with a smaller uh, needle stick sticking out of them. It just, it looks amazing. They came on leather strap mesh bracelet and i think like the metal like rally cuff if you know what i'm talking about like that yeah. cuff style bracelet so there was a lot of these that came out and from people that i know that were selling brightling at the time like they were super hot you had a few people come and buy them because they were like tracking them down 
And from what I remember back in the day, they were supposed to be online exclusives. If I, if my memory serves me correctly, they're supposed to be online exclusives, but then I don't think that they sold through them. So then they started showing up in Breitling boutiques across you know the, the globe. And I still see them there. And it's been years. Wow. But I, I mean, I love this watch. I think it's super cool just because it's, it's like looking at this, this is, this is not something that I feel that Breitling would do today. Like it's a, it feels different to me. And, and now that I think about it, I think this is actually one of George Kern's like first like changes when he came to join Breitling. I think this is one of his first kind of like launches. Um, but I love the watch. I think it's super funky. I love the colors. This is a perfect watch to wear several times a year. Um, and it's just, it's different. It's, it's classic Navitimer, but in a very different format than, than somebody else are going to have at the meetup. I will say this is probably the most legible Navitimer I've ever seen. Right? Right? They're very busy watches. And sometimes I just feel like the hands get lost. This one, there is no losing these hands. No, I mean they're red. The hands are literally red against the blue dial, and then every graduation level of the slide rule bezel has a different color. It goes from red to white to blue, so you can literally see every aspect of it. It's extremely legible to me, but I don't know. I guess it's, it just wasn't the watch for a lot of people. I, I and I like it too because it's just got the simple B. There's no wings. Like it just looks good. The amount of disrespect, right? I pulled this up in Google. In the next little window, shop for similar two gigantic Invictas. <laughs> oh God, no, <laughs> no! Come on! Oh no! That's hysterical. But yeah, I mean, no, this thing, this thing would do great in my market. Goes great with a Ranger jersey, Giants jersey. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is, I mean, it's a cool watch. Yeah, I agree. Any Cubs fans out there? It's kind of, yep. kind of Cubbies. That works. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good, good teams that this colorway would represent well. So there you go. That's that today is if I was going to buy a Breitling Navitimer, that's what I would buy. All right. Here's my next pick for funky watches. It's a brand we don't talk about a whole lot. This is a Zodiac. It is the Astrographic. I'm sure you're familiar <laughs> okay. with this one. I am very familiar with this watch. All right. So this has floating discs instead of your traditional watch hands. Is what they're called floating disc. Mm -hmm. Then the, the hands basically look detached from the center pinion, and the second hand is just a dot that goes around the outside, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it also has a 12 date, which is interesting. <laughs> yes, this is a cool watch, man. But this is, I mean, this is just like retro funk embodied, right? It has this yeah. ovular K shape, crazy hands. It's got like a sunburst dial on it. It's just it's super good. cool. It's it's just very out there. Like if you're wearing yeah. this, and I think they made they made it one in a a completely gold tone also. Yes, yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> Which is super loud. Like it's that is straight, a statement it, watch. It, this is. I mean, maybe we should just call this a '70s reborn because like it feels like all the watches we've talked about today have some tie to the '70s. Well, that makes sense, right? Funk was big in the '70s. I I, I guess so, man. Here we go. But no, the astrographic is super cool. I mean, I don't know if it's personally a watch that I would ever own, but it's a watch that like is totally a conversation piece. There was a guy um, who was an old acquaintance collector of mine many, many, many years ago. And he was a Zodiac collector back before collecting Zodiac was was really kind of mainstream. You know, back before people were really, you know, rediscovering sea wolves and super sea wolves like this guy had original astrographics and i think this was back when zodiac was still part of the fossil group uh, or they had just become part of the fossil group they had done a reissue of this watch and he bought it 
And I remember looking at it and watching that red circle. It literally hovers over the dial because the way that the hands are done, they look like they're floating because they're basically rotating discs internally. Right. But because those it's like a small transfer of, of decal or paint or however they apply it on that disc, you can kind of look underneath it, which is the weirdest optical illusion because like it's basically like everything's stacked above each other with these little discs. But as those hands move around, they're obviously passing over each other, but you can also still see underneath them. It is the weirdest optical illusion, but it is super cool. Like seeing that little red sphere, you know, move around. It's, it's like a little comet. I don't know how else to explain it. It just floats. It's so cool. And the old ones, they also had some that had almost like a TV case. Yes. Yeah. There was two distinctive kind of uh, case styles. There was like that, like Omega TV style case. And then there's like that, the round one that you were talking about. Almost similar to like those, like Rado. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, the uh, oh gosh, it's, it's not the star. It's the um, the uh, the commander. Yep. Yeah, the Rado commander. Everything have you ever, have you ever seen these old Zodiac ads with like the guy wrestling the snake? No. There's like some really funny old Zodiac ads where like it's just it makes you know it's trying to make them seem like tough watches but there's yeah, one that's yeah. like a, a guy with like a knife in his mouth and he's wrestling a snake and he's got like the watch out in front so you can see it and it's you know it talks about how tough the watch is hey Water at least it's better than 660 uh, feet hey you know at least at least it's better than if you were flying the concord here tomorrow you'd wear a gmt master too i think the least gold it- the gold with the firefighters is probably the most ridiculous one Oh yeah! If you're fighting fire, fire, if you're fighting oil fires on this rig, you'd wear a solid gold day date. Eh, probably not my first choice. Definitely not. <laughs> Although I, I did have a collector buddy of mine. I have a lot of collector buddies apparently. I did have a collector buddy of mine who is actually a firefighter and still is. He's like a third generation firefighter. And uh, back when I was still selling watches, he bought a Speedmaster from me. And during this really, really crazy fire in our city, he uh, he forgot to take it off and took it into a fire, like full blazing fire and wore it as he put the fire out. Not a single scratch on it. I was like, that's kind of cool. He's like, he's like, yeah, it was like extremely volatile temperatures in there. He's like, at least it works. It didn't melt. Nope. Which is kind of crazy to think about, like get something getting so hot that it could have like melted onto your skin, or you know, um, gaskets could have melted out of the case. You know, it's kind of crazy. All right, so my last one before we get to the one that I'm sure we probably have on our list together um, is I mentioned this a little bit before that I'm a huge fan of the uh, Elaine Silverstein watches. And for those of you who are not familiar, this guy was an old school architect. Um, I believe he was French. Uh, maybe he was Italian. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He was an architect first, kind of hung it up and decided to kind of look into making watches. And he started making watches like in the 90s, going into the 2000s. And he was very heavily focused on quirky design elements, you know, different kind of typefaces, different types of, uh, of uh, ways to to tell the same type of story of what something should be, but doing it in a way that was very whimsical and fun. And he had his own line of chronographs. And since then, he's kind of partnered with other watch manufacturers over the years to release timepieces using his kind of style and you know language. It is in some ways an abstraction of Bauhaus, but it just, it's so good. Everything that he's ever produced, I've been a huge fan of. Um, and a few years ago, uh, he worked with the company Louis Arard to produce a series of different watches. Um, one of them was a regulator model, which if you're not familiar with that complication, essentially it breaks up all the units of time into their own kind of respective dials. So you have a small dial for your hour hand, you have a large kind of minute hand moving around, and then you have a smaller dial for your seconds. So everything is kind of segmented away from one another. In that same collection, uh, there was also a chronograph version 
which I believe was a mono pusher chronograph, if I'm not mistaken. But he's done a lot of great things. Um, come to find out, he did a special edition model for watches of Switzerland based in Singapore that was and is probably my favorite execution of this style. It was also with Louis Erard, but it was a gray dial with a turquoise minute hand, turquoise minute track for the markers, and uh, kind of like fluorescent red hour hand and a bright yellow second hand, and it just looks so good. This was a very small run, and it was only for watches of Switzerland in Singapore, um, but a very, very cool-looking watch in the regulator style. So... That would be one of the ones that I would always want. This, this for me, Elaine Silverstein watch is a grail piece. We, I mentioned this a few episodes ago back about you know the version he did with MBNF, um, one of his original watches that was a chronograph, one of these, an MBNF one. Any of them would be a grail piece for me to own in my collection. I've always been a big fan of of his style, how he does things with Bauhaus and his use of colors. I just think they're fun. It's a watch that does not take itself so seriously, but obviously from a creative person and uh, something that, uh, that I definitely want to own one day. So is this a power reserve at nine o'clock? No, that's the hour hand. If we're looking at the same watch, I don't know. It says Louis Erard, Le Regulateur. Yeah. So that's, that's the regulator. So what's the top dial situation? So that's literally just the hour. And then on the left, I see something that's got a little, it looks like a power reserve. It's got white to red. We might be looking at a different watch then. Probably, but I, there's, I think there's, this is a power there's a, there's a few, There's a few of them. But, but, yeah, usually, are... but usually the regulators will, will break it up into different, into different like sections. These are just unless, super, they remind me unless, of like pop art. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's very, it's very art. It's. It feels like kind of like '90s, like if you remember, like '90s laser tag or like '90s like party room aesthetic. Oh, yeah. Like that's kind of what it looks like to me, you know. And it just there's something very fun about that. This one, if you're if you're you maybe look at the at the monitor pusher chronograph model. Is it just like a small stick hand by itself? Yeah, but I don't see a, a pusher. It's on the crown. Oh, okay. That might be it, though. It's got like a little red button on the crown. Yeah, something about this just says like Andy Warhol. Yeah. it's I don't know, man. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, I love them. I, I, every every model that he makes, it's just like, it's so cool. And, and now he's like, I, I know he's working with the people to do this. So it's not like he's making them, but... He's obviously working with the design team to create something that is evocative of his style. And it every time that I see it, I just think it's a home run. It just looks so good. So I definitely at some point want to get my hands on Lane Silverstein watch because they are amazing. And I think for the vast majority of people, they're very underrated pieces. I think they're not on a lot of people's radar. I think hopefully no. this will bring a little light onto that. Hopefully not. <laughs> I don't want anybody to buy this. I don't want to make it any more cost prohibitive than it already is. For yeah. Me. All right. I have another one here. This one I was worried we might have on both of our lists. This is the Mito Ocean Star Decompression Timer 1961. If you remember, Hodinky did a reissue of this. I think they had one yeah. in black and one in blue. I actually it, forgot about this watch. It's but got I know, yes. This is like funk personified, right? With all yeah, the different and listen, you probably know how this works. I have no idea how these work. I know what decompression is. Yeah. I, I know the idea behind it and how you have to kind of time it out and everything. I have no clue, but the color rings and it comes with, you know, you can get a a, a fabric strap, a Milanese bracelet. This is super funky. Yeah, it's a good one. And my favorite is the is the is the white dial version yeah. with the turquoise bezel. I think that one's probably the best. Um, but yeah, so this is 
and and I haven't seen one enough to really play with it. Um, but basically, this would have taken what was essentially called the U.S. Navy dive tables and make it in a way that was legible on the dial for you to use during a decompression stop. Because keep in mind, back then, when you would dive, everything that you did was based on your depth and what would be your total dive time. So the deeper you go, the more you're going to have to spend time decompressing basically residual levels of, of, uh, of nitrogen that enter into your bloodstream that need to slowly escape during that decompression or else you'll get uh, basically sickness, right? Decompression sickness, also known as the bends. They call it the bends because it's so excruciatingly painful, it will literally bend you over. Um, that's kind of the idea. So this is just a way to take that, put it on the dial for divers to easily know, okay, I was diving at this depth for this amount of time. This is how much time I need to spend decompressing before I can safely surface. That, that's the idea. Now, I haven't really spent time trying to figure it out myself because I've never seen one of these watches in person. I just like the watch. Um, but that's essentially the idea of how it would have worked. Yeah, and I like the interesting part about this watch is that they chose the most inner ring to be the actual dial layout of the watch. So you have yeah, this like it's mini... It's like so small. Yeah, <laughs> this like mini clock in the middle. But the way they proportion it is really cool though because that hour hand touches the very rim of that inner circle. Yes. But the minute hand goes all the way out to the minute track, which is, you know, right out to the edge of the circumference of the watch, which is... And it passes over all the different scales to indicate yeah. that, that, that decompression. It's very thoughtful, I feel like. It is. And it's super colorful. Like, I just think of, like, the Bahamas when I look at this watch. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm going to buy this and, and, and take it out. Like, that's cool. That's a cool watch. I forgot about this watch. I don't know why I did, but I did. I thought you were going to have it as a diver. I'll be honest. I, I I completely, completely forgot about it. But I'm glad you brought it up because this watch is super cool. And I'm really, I'm really happy that Mito did re-release this watch. And the same, the same is true with their other, um, their other Ocean Star collections especially like the heritage models like those are those are so good um one of my friends was very close to buying buying one of those watches but i'm glad you brought this one up because this one's sick i like it but i will end my selection probably with the watch that is on your list um and we touched a touched a little bit on this watch previously but it's got to be the king of all funk for me. And that's, that's the, that's the Seamaster Bloprof. That is for me in many ways, the, the penultimate, if you will, funky watch just because of everything about it. I love the colorways. I love the fluorescent diving minute hand. I love the giant plunger button on the top of the case, the asymmetrical case, the lefty yeah. crown. <laughs> It, yeah, you said it the other, the other day. It's like, yeah, it looks like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it does. And I love that, you know. This watch is amazing. And it's probably of all the vintage watches out there today, if I had the money, if I had about $10,000 laying around, I would go buy an original vintage Ploprof. That's what I want. And I know this is not a watch for everyone. And a lot of people see this watch today and they're like, this is so stupid. Why does Omega make this? This is an ugly watch. It's heavy. It's thick. It's too big. I've heard it all. You will never convince me that this is not just the best watch ever. It, 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 it's, it is an amazing piece of, of horological history. It's an amazing piece. It's really a capsule snapshot of Omega's attempt to be the ultimate diving brand. Ingenuity. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. And I touched on this more on, on I think it was last week's episode or, or the week, episode yeah, before, two weeks. two weeks ago. We talked about this. And it's just, 
You know, this watch was made to be a tool in every aspect. It was abused. It was beaten up. I mean, some of these dials were heavily exposed to, to salt water because they were used for actual diving purposes. And this is an amazing, amazing piece of kit. My brother has um, the stainless steel reissue when they came back. I think it was in 2009, 2010, if I, if I remember correctly, um, on an orange rubber strap. Like, that's how he wears this watch. And he's a bigger guy, so it looks great on him. I'd still wear it. I have worn it. And I've dove in it. And I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Diving in a Ploprof is probably one of the most really kind of corny ways to explain it. Is one of the most like. It's gangster. It's not, it's not even that. It's just like when you go down and you're wearing it. If it's like the diving gods have, have like given you the ultimate tool to do your dive. Like it's. The way I felt when I was diving with the Ploprof is how I imagine all divers should feel wearing something like that. Like it, it's, it felt as if it was supposed to be there. Like it was right, you know, and you really understand exactly why every function, every element, every aspect of that watch was designed the way that it was. Because again, on the surface, it's clunky. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's awkward. But as soon as you get underwater and you strap that to the outside of your suit and you're able to manipulate the bezel without any issues with gloves underwater quickly, everything falls into place. And you realize why that watch is designed the way that it is. It makes sense. And I, it, that's the only way that I could try to articulate that for you. So my good friends out there. If you are divers and you ever come across this watch, and if you ever had the passing fancy of owning it, go get one because it is screw the deep sea, screw anything else that is a quote unquote deep sea diving watch. Those look like fat submariners. Go get you a watch that will literally stand you out from the crowd, and that's going to be the Ploprof. And this is my plea. This is my plea to Omega, Omega, gods, Kronos. If you're listening, please come back with a new Ploprof. Please bring it back to stainless steel. Make it cool. I want, I want this watch to be special. And I don't know. I just, for me, it's the ultimate. I want, I want, I want a new Ploprof. I want, that's what I want. This is my wish. I want a new Ploprof. Well, let's see if you get your wish. Oh, come on, dude. Are you are you kidding me? Omega re-releasing the flow profit is basically not gonna happen. <laughs> if it if it did, if somehow I called this and it does happen, that'll be the biggest surprise. I would say so of, of this year for me. And I will piggyback my last pick which is a homer pick for myself. Similar idea would be any of the Seiko tuna type variants, whether it be the tuna, the Arnie, or even sort of the brother, cousin, whatever you want to call it, the monster. Yes. Any of those fat cased Seikos. I mean, the tuna especially because a lot like the Proplof, it has that diving history to it. Like it was, it was a solution to a problem. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just let's build a fat diving watch. It was exactly. It was we don't want helium at all. We're going to try to make this compression style case where it clamps down and we don't have to experience helium to begin with. Exactly. So I, I function mean, over form function over form. They're clunky and they're definitely not for everybody, but they're, they're just they're just cool to look at. And I've, I've always thought about chasing down a, a vintage tuna. But yeah, there there are a lot of frankens out there. It's a lot of work, but yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. That's the hard part with trying to find a vintage blowprof. Yeah, because like they're all literally destroyed, like just because they were beat to hell. I came across one that was uh that had an, a special engraving on the back that it was like um what did how did it say it it was 
it was like engraved like the Jacques Cousteau Conservation Society, like on the case back of the Plopro. <laughs> I was like, this is so gangster because it was one from like the from the 70s. Always and I was like, back. I was like, man. That's kind of well, I, I say case back loosely because it wasn't really a case, they didn't have case backs. Yeah, it was just basically the back of the solid case. But it was it was engraved Jacques Cousteau Conservation Society. And I thought that that was like the coolest thing I've ever seen on a Plovrov. Like not only was it a Plovrov and a vintage one, but it was a Jacques Cousteau Conservation Society Plovrov, like which is even better. And then my last two, just honorable mention, real quick, because then it worked kind of out of them. Uh, the Zen EZM Seven. It's uh, sort of like that rainbow look. Like that's just. It's definitely not a watch for everybody, but it's super funky. You get all these colors, black case. Yeah. yeah you can yeah. get a colored rubber strap. Super tough watch. It, you know, this thing could be basically put through hell, but it's got like this rainbow sort of aesthetic to it. That one. All- and then I will tell you one that I swear to God you would have had was the Synchron Military. Oh, that's like the funkiest watch of all time. You know, Docs Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was thinking about putting Docs on the list. I was like, no, I talk about Docs a lot. So I just I did. I just immediately removed that from my wavelength. Like that was just. Not going to be there. But no, Synchron Synchron uh, Military or Docs Army. I mean, just the, the shapes of the hands and everything, the yeah the, the guilt look the 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 like almost halloween color scheme yeah it's uh it, it's a very interesting colorway for an army watch quote-unquote yeah. or a military watch quote-unquote but certainly i i really hope we get a we get a debate to settle i really hope doxa comes back with the army and and maybe we'll get some answers to the to the question as to who has the rights to do it. I mean, they said they were going to do it. Let's have it. I mean, I hope so, right? Box ticking, buddy. I know. Well, maybe, maybe that new that new watch show will will feature it. I hope. And speaking of featuring, if you are into funky watches and you like a lot of vintage or out there stuff, a quick recommendation: somebody who features this stuff regularly on my feed. It goes by Retro Watch Guy. Uh, his name is Jordan, and he sells most of them. But he does like fun- Funky Watch Friday, and people send like in pictures of their crazy out there stuff. And that's mm-hmm. how like I, I come across half of these. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. Don't get me wrong; some of them are hideous, but yeah. But I mean, Funky Watches are a thing. Yeah he he had a an Anacar. That looks so oh, awesome. Yeah. It was a was, was ultrasonic, it a yeah. Oh, a, ultrasonic. Sh- a Sherpa ultrasonic GMT. It's okay. like a so it's like your typical GMT bezel, but on top is red, and on bottom is white or silver. Oh, cool! It's very like vintagey looking, and it almost had like the original, like pre Explorer type Rolex dial, like the one that supposedly summited Everest. Like not the tradition, yeah. not the Explorer, like you think of the Explorer one, but that that pre-Explorer, I guess it's just technically an Oyster Perpetual, but it has like that kind of dial on it and it has that bezel and it's just, it's super cool looking. And I, I almost wanted to buy it, but it's like yeah, three, I grand, see one, three grand. <laughs> I see one here for $2,500 on eBay right now. It's a really funky bezel. Yeah. But it's cool, man. Very. That's a that's a brand I really wish would come back. That's one of those those brands people just revive left and right these days. So why not? Somebody should. I do know. It. Yeah, somebody needs to somebody needs to revive Enneker. Because that would be a cool a cool brand to come back. Now, question: I don't know anything about the history of this brand, but whenever I've seen the name, I always wondered: Did it get its name because it's racing backwards? You know, I think that there's actually something to that. I've always wondered, but I I don't know why I haven't looked it up. I'm just super lazy. Uh, I you know <laughs> I don't know, but I think actually now that you mentioned that, 
Um, I think there is something actually to that. Yep. Founder Artiste oh, Racine. Yeah. Established the company Racine Watch Co. in the shoot of phones. Switzerland 1914 when he ingeniously reversed the spelling of his name and <laughs> made it Enneker. There you go. And it's funny, See, this whole time I thought it was a I thought it was a place. <laughs> like if you ever seen a league of their own, they have the Racine Bells. I thought it was a location. Oh my god. The guy's name. The more you know. Yeah. Oh, apparently Enneker is still in in uh they exist, I guess, as a brand, but it's kind of like, yeah, it's 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 not the same. All right. Well, on that, the more you know, on that knowledgeable tidbit, I guess we could take this one out, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for joining us here on Rich Cheese Radio, Schmidt. It's been a pleasure as always. Say good night to the folks at home. We will see you next good night. week. Thanks, Peace. guys. Take care. Be good. <laughs>